Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Jelanić. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. I know that for some of you who are avid listeners of this show and you've been listeners for a long time, you might be wondering, like, what is Melitza up to these days with all these shows about trauma? Because I've had quite a few and I have quite a few that have been related to trauma and I've had quite a few recently that have been related to different things like um, understanding how and what your body is actually turned on by. Um, in terms of like understanding things like your sexual inhibitors and your sexual exciters and all kinds of things like that. So what Melitza is up to, that's me. What I'm up to these days is I'm actually developing um, a book, I'm working on a book. And so a lot of these shows are inspiration for the book. So you guys are getting sneak peeks into some of the content that you're going to find in the book. And I've what I feel that I wanted to share with the world is what and how you can get out of the feeling of how you, how you can move past trauma into thriving and into pleasure. And what are some of the fundamental things that need to take place in order for, for that to occur? So there are mindset things, there are nutrition things, there are homeopathics, herbals. Sometimes people need to be medicated with pharmacology pharmaceuticals, sometimes not, not that common, but doing somatic body work, learning how to breathe, all of these things are super important. So I've been looking at a lot of different things, different perspectives on trauma. I've been looking at it, working on that, and also been working on that for myself for a very long time. So I'm bringing to the table for you guys, a lot of things I've done for myself and also things I've studied. So today one of the things I wanted to share with you is all about learning how to trust yourself after sexual trauma. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when a person experiences trauma of any kind, whether it's a sexual trauma or whether it's been an abuse in a relationship where you've been traumatized emotionally, or even if you've been at war and you have been traumatized um, in some circumstances during war, if you have war-related PTSD, all of those will have a point where if your body, if you're what's called um, the polyvagal uh, theory, it talks about how if our bodies go into uh, extended amounts of time of arousal, uh, activated, like your body gets aroused in a way that it's like, it's not doesn't mean it's turned on like sexually. It means that parts of it are activated, right? So, so what happens uh, when your polyvagal nervous system gets activated is there's these different 
things that occur. So you have, it's like a bit of a curve that happens. So if you're calm, you're here, and then there's this curve that rides up and then you go, you go into fight or flight. So you're like, you know, that's one aspect that gets turned on. And then another part starts to peak where you get into uh, freeze or what some people are now calling also fawn as well. And then it drops as you start to heal, your body starts to heal, you go back down that curve and you start to come back into fight or flight again. And then as it calms down, you actually have more, your body becomes more calm. So it's quite an interesting curve to look at the, what's called the polyvagal uh, theory of how the body responds to, to stimuli. And if sometimes the body doesn't know that the stimuli is gone, or that whatever has activated this is no longer present. So all it knows is we are on overdrive and we are going to try um, and survive here. And it activates different parts of the brain. So we have the mammalian part of the brain, the reptilian part of the brain, and they respond very differently to things like if you think about mammals when they want to rest, mammals when they want to rest will often huddle together. You'll see like puppies doing puppy piles. Um, because that's their calm state and reptilian parts of uh, the reptilian part of the brain when it wants to be calm will be very um, if you look at reptiles they tend to not huddle when they sleep you know you'll see a snake generally by itself in a corner <laughs> or you'll see like a lizard by itself in the corner so the reptilian part of the brain and the mammalian part of the brain are definitely sending um they, ha they have different reactions and our bodies will have different reaction as well. The different parts of the nervous system as they ride up and down through the response cycle will change as well. So one of the things we need to keep in mind when learning to trust ourselves is to kind of sense and feel where are we at in this in this response cycle as the arousal increases. If an arousal, again, this term does not mean you're getting sexually turned on. It means that your body is, your, your, you know, the poly, uh, the polyvagal nervous system is being aroused, woken up, it's being stimulated. So the three main parts um, that we'll be working at, so the, the part that, that when you're calm is, and you feel safe, that's actually, activated uh, or it's you know you feel calm so you might not even notice that it's activated um, is the part called the ventral vagal um, part of the polyvagal nervous system so the vvc is the ventral vagal part and that part has to do with uh, all things social engagement uh, related so connecting to people having safety. And so you can imagine when this curve happens, if, if you have an arousal that increases um, this feeling of safety, which can also be like a sense of trust, uh, starts to go away. As we get into fight or flight, we get into things like panic, fear, anxiety, concern, irritation, anger, then it raises more. If you're out of fight or flight and you're in freeze mode, so in fight or flight, your sympathetic nervous system has kicked in. And as it increases, you get into freeze mode where your dorsal vagal nervous system kicks in. The parasympathetic nervous system starts to, um, to kick in. So parasympathetic nervous system, dorsal vagal complex, we're talking about those interchangeably there. So as it increases, you have this dorsal vagal 
um, response in the body, the arousal of the dorsal vagal. So this is when you're feeling like your life is being threatened. And it's, a, it's considered a hypo arousal. So you actually have, you're freezing. It's as if you're not responding. And you can see this um, in people because they'll do things like dissociate. They'll get numb, they'll get depressed. Um, they'll feel helpless, they'll start down. They'll be, there'll be a sense of being trapped where like, I can't get out, I feel so stuck. That's when you're in freeze mode. And that's when your dorsal vagal system is kicked in because your life feels threatened, right? So then as, as you start to add some things, right? As we start to kind of activate the ventral vagal nervous system, and we might even start to bring that down and we do some things and it starts to shift. You'll go back into the fight or flight mode. So then you're like, oh, I'm not frozen anymore. I want to fight for my life again. Okay, cool. Well, the thing is we can do these. It doesn't always go back right to like a, a feeling of safety. It doesn't always come back to your parasympathetic nervous system. You could be staying up high in the freeze mode for a very long time, dipping into the fight or flight and then raising up again back into freeze and fight or flight. And you can be doing this, what feels like being on a roller coaster. And I've often heard people describe to me, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. And I have to say that it's very much like being on a roller coaster, even the way that that bodies will feel stimulated with this like sense of like being on a roller coaster. You know, the parasympathetic nervous system is kicking in. And then it's like, oh, then we have this um, drop, right? And your sympathetic nervous system is kicking in. Oh, uh, maybe we're feeling better because we got our fight back. But we haven't completely gotten back to feeling calm where the parasympathetic nervous system uh, with the ventral vagal co complex compared to the dorsal vagal complex is kicking in. So in the freeze mode, you have the parasympathetic nervous system, the dorsal vagal complex um, going on. And then in the as you calm down, the parasympathetic nervous system is activated, is also working to get your ventral vagal complex um, to help you to feel like you don't have to fight anymore. So you don't feel as fighty. You can kind of see it in people sometimes with language. If if they're always wanting to fight you, if, if there's always this need to, um, what's the word for it? It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like they'll fight over anything, then usually you know that they're in that fight flight, fight, uh, fight or flight mode, right? So the flight mode is like the tendency to want to uh, pull away from the situation. And the, so sorry, the fight mode is the tendency to want to lean into the situation and the flight mode is the tendency to want to pull away from the situation. Either can lead to you freezing. Um, if you know if you're exposed to it for a very long time and your body doesn't calm down, the parasympathetic doesn't bring you back down so that you can be calm again, and the ventral vagal complex um, starts to to kick in. I may be using like really weird words on this, but no worries, you'll get it. It's just imagine that we've had this hump, it's like a hill, and sometimes there's a lot of peaks and tiny valleys where your body just keeps on going up into fight or flight into freeze and then up and down and up and down. And it never really gets back to that place of calm. 
and feeling safe. So we want to get you from feeling like your life is threatened and then, you know, getting to the place where you also don't feel like you're in danger anymore and you can look around and feel safe in your environment. So I know on other shows we've talked about how trauma affects the soul and I've talked about it as like the bullseye, how it affects the soul, how then um, fears kick in and all these other things start to, to culminate on top, right? Addictions. So the addiction. And so in this case, let's, let's um, look at that bullseye response uh, with how this affects the soul. And I'm going to just explain how that works with this. So we have our soul. And if it, if it is, has not been affected by um, massive traumas, you're going to be able to go into moments where something might might scare you, maybe like an animal runs out at you, and you're like, whoa, and so you're, you might have a very quick fight flight, or, or even into the freeze mode, and then it may drop in your body gets uh, calm again. So you want the activation, arousal activation increasing, and then you want the deactivation so that your body starts to calm down. So if, um, if you can't calm down, then then what happens is we get into the fears, right? So fight or flight. So when we looked at the soul and the soul gets covered by fears, that's the fight or flight. And then the soul gets after that, after the fear, we have that layer that's the, like, I know I do these circles. So if you're looking at this, uh, <laughs> there's, it is like a bullseye suit, so just like widens out. So then you have, yeah, so you have the fear, then you have the false beliefs, which can also be part of, um, like moving from fight or flight into the freeze mode, as we can see, like the freeze has to do with dissociation, numbness, depression. So that's kind of like the the place where we have, you know, uh, false beliefs and then facades come in because nobody can know um, what we're looking at. And sometimes it'll be fight or flight kicking back in. And then the addiction is very much the dissociation and shutting down and hopelessness um, as well but also it kind of jumps between the fight or flight and the freeze because sometimes the addiction is coming from anxiety or worry or frustration. Then it's to dissociate and then it's to go back to the fight or flight, but it's never really what, what your body is trying to do is activate that parasympathetic nervous system again, but it's not doing it with calming down and feeling a sense of social engagement. It's going and it's dissociating, so it's not feeling connected to anybody. So it's going into the freeze mode and feeling like a loss or a separation from people. So why I'm mentioning this is because if we can understand what's going on in our body, then we can kind of start to understand what are some of the tools we can do to learn to trust ourselves again. So what can we do to learn to trust yourself after sexual trauma? And I want to be like really clear that sexual trauma could be anything from being, you know, um, like somebody molesting you as a child, whether they're, you know, it was like frisking your body in, in a way that you didn't like it. Or it can be to the point where it was like daily repeated sexual trauma. Your, your body would be constantly in the fight, flight, freeze mode um, and probably going back and forth, back and forth, mostly probably frozen if it's something that's been happening on a very regular basis your whole life. And anybody who lives in uh, or is in a relationship where there's constant fighting 
they're always going to be in that fight flight because they're trying to fight for their life. And at some point they might give up and just go into the freeze mode. So they're not even going to respond. And that has a massive impact on the body, even like our digestion, uh, different responses in the immune system. So the reason why this is important is because if you're dissociating, if you're in that freeze mode for a really long time and you're dissociating, what do you think? Do you think you can actually trust yourself if you're dissociated? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's very freaking hard. Um, I don't even know that it's possible because the truth is, is like you can be so frozen that you can't even distinguish certain touches or the feeling of certain objects. And they've actually done studies on this. And we'll talk a little bit about that because there are methods you can use that are super simple at home to kind of get yourself out of, start to begin to trust yourself again, learn to connect and learn how to connect with people that are safe for you. And how do you check your environment to see it safe? So we'll look into all of that. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. So what we're talking about today is learning how to trust yourself after sexual trauma. You've never had a sexual trauma, but you tuned into this show because you didn't realize that word was on there. You probably picked up on that this will be relevant to many traumas, but this is a show about sex. So we are going to talk about, I mean, the pleasure zone is about pleasure and how do we bring pleasure back after there's been trauma. I think it's uh, such an important conversation because there's you know, there's so many different ways that we can be traumatized and it has such an impact on health. And I work with a lot of people in my daily life 
um, related to both sex and intimacy as well as health. So when I see people coming in and I can see that it's like, they're like, why is my body not responding to all these things I'm doing? I'm like, okay, well, your body's not responding because there's something called, you know, your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And there's stuff going on with them that is actually, you know, probably as a result of some kind of trauma. And you know, your body has not figured out that you're safe, but do you even know you're safe? So I think there's, there's really great, um, you know, methods on how to like get your body to come back down to feeling curious, settled, grounded, grounded, you know, thousands of years of people meditating is one way to get grounded. It's, it's been around for a very long time. Actually, one of the cool things that, uh, if you've never heard of it, there's something called kirtan, which is like where people pray and and uh, chant in groups, and there's movement and social engagement um, in order to get grounded, connected, and um, feel a connection to other people. Actually, kirtan is like one of the top recommended things for allowing your body to get out of trauma. So years ago, before I had my child, I used to actually go and um, and do kirtan with people. And the first time I did it, I cried and I didn't know why. My body just started weeping. And it was actually that my body was learning to calm down. And it was like, wait a second, I'm actually safe here. So the crying was actually like my body going, oh, I'm safe. Uh, I can be, I'm okay here. And it was confusing. It was very confusing for a while that I could be safe. I also, as a child, like really found a lot of comfort in going to listen to um, in church, like listening to the choir sing. And it was both a connection for me. The feeling of connection um, was for me because I felt connected when I heard the, the choir singing. Um, it was like automatic, the sounds. So even when I hear, um, you know, indigenous drumming um, and, the, and chanting that way too, my body often cries just as a result of like the feeling of, well, for one, I'm tapping into some stuff probably from other lifetimes, but <laughs> and like traumas from other lifetimes. But um, in this lifetime, it's also just a reminder of connection. And like, we can find deep, deep connection through uh through community is one way. Um, people that you actually trust is important. Being curious, being kind, being aware and present. So I talk a lot about presence on the show and the importance of presence in order to have pleasure. And the, par the reason for that is because when you're present, you can actually connect and be calm. And you can also feel safe. So it's important to feel safe in order to have pleasure. You can you can even feel safe in like in situations where you might be having BDSM play as long as you have prior arrangements agreements. You know you have your your um, all of your uh, safe words and everything is like discussed in advance and you know uh, you know what's going on. You can feel safe even in environments that might look threatening but you actually have a sense of safety. So 
for those of you who have been avid listeners of this show for ages and ages, um, I've had a guest on here many times. Her name is Gaia Morissette, and she does, she works with people um, using BDSM as a way of assisting their bodies out of trauma. So she's very cool. I'll be having her on again, I think sometime in uh, March or April. We haven't figured out a date yet, but we'll be talking about, again, trauma, but a different perspective on it. So, um, and actually I'll be having my mom on next week and we'll be talking about how to use touch for um, allowing your bodies to calm down from trauma. So we both do a type of body work that's is a type of somatic body work essentially that assists bodies with releasing emotion and sometimes just through movement it can release. I had a really amazing, um, so I, I have a lot of uh, clients that I work with in person as well as online and one of my clients recently, um, not naming names, but I was recently working with her actually in the, like the last 48 hours and um, it was very fascinating. Her body was oh like so traumatized her whole life in all the years I think I've been working with this woman since like 2013 2014 I'm not really sure and uh it was fascinating because all the years I've worked on her she has tried so hard to not show emotion she's been in the freeze mode she has operated every day of her life in a very professional way and been in freeze mode for a very long time and it was the first time she actually let herself cry on my table and she said as she started to cry I feel so connected and loved and I was like, isn't that fascinating? Her body went from like hyper, like the hyper uh, activity with the parasympathetic nervous system kicking in the dorsal vagal complex. And it went right down through everything. And it went right back to feeling connected. And that happened in like, I mean, I've been working on her for a very long time, but this was like the time she was willing to actually feel connected and brought a little tear to my eye I was so grateful to see the response and um yeah all in that moment all of her uh all of the sciatic pain she had left like instantaneously isn't that cool I love it <laughs> I love I love seeing bodies create miracles because I know they can and I know that sometimes we have a hard time being able to do that because we don't know who to trust and we don't even know that we can trust ourselves because we may have landed in situations that were scary they put us in danger and then they put us in life-threatening situations so it can be very um it, it can be sometimes quite a bit of a work to actually get yourself to the place where you can feel connected again like I was saying, years. I worked on this woman for years. I didn't work on her every week for years. I worked on her sporadically uh, once in a while. Although it's neat because after that release, I, um, it was very cool because there was like a like a sense of like joy to have more of that. So hope to see her more and more. And sometimes in the freeze mode, 
it's hard for people to even feel like a desire to want to be connected, even though they know, like, there's a part of them that knows I could, I could like reconnect with my body. I could reconnect with other people. I can do this, but because of the frozenness and the lack of trust in self or in others, it is very hard to do that. So when people are like, why don't they just get therapy? Blah, blah, blah. They can't just get therapy because they are not even able to function enough. They're frozen. And in order to get the therapy that we're all like telling them is so awesome, they'd actually have to be able to be willing to trust themselves enough to go to the right person for them to help them feel safe. So for those of you who are wondering, how do I know who is safe? How do I know this? Well, we're gonna, we are gonna work on a little few small things for starting to develop your trust. I have a year long program that uses multiple different tools for developing trust. I'm working on some other weekend workshops for learning how to uh, doing an experiential workshops on letting go of trauma as well. So those are all in the works. Um, but the year long program is already up and available on Teachable. Um, we can have, we, uh, if you are interested, definitely message me. You can also find me through my website, melitsajelenik.com, M-I-L-I-C-A, j-e-l-e-n-i-c.com and on my website there's a link to my courses and the course for trusting yourself is actually called psychic development because in order to be psychic you do need to trust the information coming through and those are the fundamentals to me of everything is learning to trust yourself trust also has to do with connection to other people too so bonding really helps with calming down and social engagement so if you can learn how to trust yourself, then you're going to be able to know who you can socially engage with in order to have those relationships that you do feel safe around, that you're not repeating old patterns, that you are like, oh, wait a second, here I am. So if you if you just check in with yourself right now, if you've ever experienced trauma, just as we're heading to break, I want you to just check in with your body and just see, you know, you know, body, where are you at? Are you in the, are you in safety mode? Are you in danger mode? Are you in life-threatening mode? Just take a moment and breathe in through your nose. Hold for a few seconds and out through your mouth. So the breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth will start to regulate and harmonize your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Some people like to do just in through the nose and out through the nose. It's not going to have the same effect. In through the nose, out through the mouth, you are actually going to get your body to calm down. It is old as old can be. It's pranayama yoga. It is thousands of years old breath work. Um, it's been renamed and reiterated a million different times in a million different ways. But it's as old as old can be, and it's been written down for a very long time. So enjoy your pranayama yoga for a few minutes. And there's many variations on it, but in through your nose, out through your mouth, let's get our bodies calm as soon as you notice where you're at. And you might actually be in this social engagement mode anyway. And you know what? Doing the in through your nose, out through your mouth, and having a little hold, breath hold in the middle can be still great, even if you feel safe. So you are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur? 
Wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today, we are finding ways to get you more pleasure, learning to trust yourself so that you can move out of sexual traumas in a different way, and maybe in a more dynamic way. And there are so many ways that um, we require in order to have a holistic approach to getting out of trauma and into thrival. And one of the things that you know, I'm thinking about what did I say my content would be for this show? And one of the things when I was looking at my show description, I was like, okay, yeah. So I, what I promised you guys was information uh, on what happens to self-trust when there are sexual traumas. So I just want to reiterate that what happens to self-trust is that there's been, there's been a sexual trauma. There's been trauma of any kind, but we'll go with sexual trauma and your body has gone through the fight flight and it's come to the freeze mode and you're there, you're frozen, you're stuck, you're kind of catatonic, you're dissociated, you're not able to respond to anything. What happens to your self-trust? What do you think happens? 
it pretty much doesn't exist, right? You're dissociated. You, you don't even realize you have a body. You can't even connect to yourself. You don't even know your own thoughts half the time. And you can just feel incredibly lost, right? So when you feel shut down, when you feel lost, numb, right? And you might feel like, I'd rather die. I know for me, when I went through, uh, when my body went through, let me reiterate that, when my body uh, had experienced um, trauma, it's funny because I've been learning how to reword things. And so it's not, <laughs> I'm trying to, give this story and not not reinvent the story and not bring it back in my body so um so when when your body has gone through something and say there was a sexual abuse uh, or a sexual trauma and it goes into freeze mode and you might feel like suicidal after that because you know that's happened um and then you're like and you feel stuck I can't get out of this. This can also happen in a lot of relationships that are highly abusive as well. You feel trapped, you know, because after having violence to my body and my body is now thriving. So at the time, my body wasn't. At the time, my body was going through, like it was preparing for death. It just wanted to die. I wanted to die. Um, I shut down. I felt trapped. I ended up in a relationship afterwards that was also keeping me in freeze mode, completely stuck. It reflected on everything in my life. My body was stuck. My, my, even my um, breath was stuck. I, I wasn't able to like deeply breathe in and out, and uh, had like zero response sexually. Everything was frozen. I had no care in the world for that. Like so, so many different reactions. But that freeze mode really was there for a very long time. And occasionally, it would go to fight or flight, and then it would go right back to freeze. And I very rarely would get into the feeling of safety. And that was a time actually when I was was going and I was doing things like meditation. I was, um, but the group I was meditating, I was meditating with a few groups. And one group that I was meditating with, I got rather invited out of after years of being in it. And then another uh, group I was meditating with uh, was the kirtan meditations and the dancing and the chanting. And uh, I also... As much as I really enjoyed the dancing and chanting, I also did not feel connected to the people totally, although it gave me a sense of connection to God, which was great. Um, for me, the social part has been tricky most of my life, has been a very tricky thing to like. It's something I've had to learn to do. So this is actually why I facilitate that is because I didn't always have it. It's something I had to learn how to do. I didn't naturally know how to connect with people. I was like the kid who in every picture that I had, I would be looking at my shoes. I didn't make eye contact. I was in freeze mode probably from the day I was conceived. And then it just repeatedly gotten more freeze mode and more freeze mode and more freeze mode. So in the last few years, and especially doing this show and researching and finding out things and learning about myself, even after... Prior to that 14 years of therapy, I didn't absolutely feel connected to myself. It really started to come in more as I did more of the somatic body work that um, I learned. And as I started to do things that were more body oriented, I needed to learn to connect to my body so that I could trust my body again. I could trust what my body's sensations were again. Now, one of the fascinating things that occurs 
with really deep trauma is that people will like lose their sense of um, touch in a way, right? So they can't distinguish things like the difference between a quarter and a nickel. Uh, so in that's like North American money, right? <laughs> so a quarter is one size, a nickel is slightly smaller. Um, and if you can't feel that, some people can't, they, uh, they, you don't know, there's usually like a, a trauma that has occurred. So that, um, that actually, I've been listening to a fabulous book for those of you who would love to learn more about uh, trauma. There's one, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, The Brain, Mind and Body in Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der, uh, van der Kolk. So Bessel is B-E-S-S-E-L, van der Kolk is K-O-L-K. So Bessel van der Kolk, when in the book, he writes it as a uh, uh, personal kind of like notes in there, uh, referring to himself as a psychiatrist, but I didn't see like PhD after his name. So I'm not sure if, if there were, if somebody wrote it for him or what happened, but anyway, uh, fabulous book, amazing references to different studies over time. Lots of interesting information in there, even about how some traumas were not even recognized. Well, for one thing, PTSD wasn't even recognized as, um, didn't have a name uh, into the 80s. I think it was, uh, I'll have more dates on that specifically, but it is uh, an amazing book. And I encourage you to, yes, listen to it if you have it on audio. That's how I have it. I listen to it while I drive. It's phenomenal. If you don't have it on audio, fantastic source of information. So yes, he was a pioneering researcher um, and he absolutely, he, he was one of the key people who actually got the word PTSD, uh, you know, along with the researchers he was working with, they were really fundamental in creating different methods of how to do this, how to, uh, not how to do PTSD, how to recognize PTSD and then what to do about it. And, you know, there's lots of different methods, but one of the things that he really talked about in there, which I found fascinating, was that a lot of people that he came across who had had traumas, they couldn't actually sense things like the difference between a button and a quarter or a key. They couldn't, if you put everything in a pocket or in a bag where they couldn't see it, they couldn't distinguish items because as we look at that chart of the polyvagal system, you can see that if you're not, if you're in fight or flight mode or freeze mode, you're actually so, when you're in freeze mode, you're so shut down and dissociated that you don't even know what your body is sensing. I've worked on people where I've touched their body and I might touch their knee and they don't even realize that I'm touching them or they'll have their eyes closed and they won't know what part of the body I'm actually working on. And that is to the point where they are so dissociated that they can't feel their body. When you feel calm and connected, you'll be aware of it and you'll be like, oh, there's a hand on my knee and your brain's like, okay, I'm safe. But in freeze mode, there's such a dissociation that you won't even realize what's going on. And I find it fascinating because people are like, that's really, cool that I didn't even know where your hands were when I was working on you. I was like, well, I'm glad you think it's cool because that can actually be highly, it can be highly disturbing for people too. Um, but luckily they feel safe enough with me, I assume, that, that they don't, um, 
that it doesn't put them into greater panic because they don't they don't realize that that's actually a sign that they are not aware of their body or the stimuli affecting their body. So kind of an intense thing. So yeah, check out the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's fantastic. Um, like I was saying, so one of the things we can do to learn how to trust ourselves again is you could always get somebody to put a few items in a in a bag that's like, you know, like a paper bag so you can't see it. Pick them up and just check with your body and just go like, what is this? And just see if you can discern it. Feel it around. Take your time. Take some deep breaths while you're doing it. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. So breathe in for four. Hold for four. Out for eight. Just hold the item. Take your time. Feel it out. And even if you don't get the answer correct, it's okay. Try again. And do the breathing while you do it. I don't know that he described doing the breathing in the thing. I think they were more testing to see what people could recognize and if they were able to recognize their environment. Because part of the um, part of the thing when you are, when, when you feel safe uh, and the ventral vagal complex is, is kicking in, what happens is that you are aware of your environment. You can, you're very aware of your environment and not in a fear mode. You're just like, oh, I know where that is. And I know where that is very calmly rather than being like, is there danger here? Is there danger there? Is there a problem? You know, what is it, what is happening? What is happening? So that, um, that can be part of the fight flight, like what's happening, the panic. And then it can be like not feeling it. You know, you could, walk into walls a lot and not realize it because you don't even feel your body so some things to check on because as the more i've been healing um my own trauma the less i walk into things and the less i trip over myself it's magic so i don't get as damaged because i actually feel my body and when i first um probably for the first few years, I was getting a lot of body work done. I was trying to connect with my body. wasn't quite doing it. And then I started to uh, learn martial arts. Well, that re-traumatized me in the long run. But <laughs> but in the meantime, it actually, um, I started to learn how to connect with my feet, which it was like before that, it was like floating kind of from my shoulders up. And I was very, like some people would call it out of body, somewhat out of body experience. Um, not connected to my feet, not grounded. And so I needed to learn a few things on how to get grounded, connected to my feet. Even when I was a dancer for years and I danced in a group and we actually held hands when we danced and jumped a lot, like you would think this would help me feel connected. I think I had so much trauma that what that was actually doing was getting my fight, flight, freeze modes going up higher. My fight or flight was definitely kicking in more. Um, and I wasn't feeling super connected. So, you know, the panic and the fear, even like performance anxiety would kick in. And you would think, you know, you're like, this is a social environment. We should be, no, it also depends on if you know, if you can trust people. And, and I don't know that for most of my life, I trusted people. Um, and there's like a handful of people I trust now. So it's, um, and you don't need to in your life trust a lot of people, but if you have a handful of few people that you can trust, consider yourself incredibly lucky because they are your go-to for when you need social engagement to bring your body from fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn back down to actually to get you to feel mindful and present and connected. 
even just looking at somebody who has a smile can actually do um, kick in what's called mirror neurons. So in the body keeps the score, there was um, there's a um, reference to that uh, the mirror neurons and how when say for example somebody smiles at you, if you are able to bring yourself into the VVC, the the vagal uh, the vagal complex, um, the vagal vagus complex, then you'll be able to, uh, when you can come down there and you can get calm, you can actually smile back. But until then, it can be difficult. So when people are really frozen, um, really traumatized, you can look at them all you like and they, and you can smile at them and it might take them a while for you to start to get engaged again, for them to trust, for them to like be feeling safe again. So what can we do? What can we do for ourselves? So you can do the little tests, like I was saying, like get the bag, see if you can see what those items are, do some deep breath work. And one of the other things is to really start to check out your own environment, like what's around your home. If, for example, oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to talk about that at the next break. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Uh, for those of you who are listening, we have been talking about the basically the responses of trauma in the body and how when the body has had whether it's an emotional trauma physical trauma sexual psycho sexual whatever happens to be trauma your body will get sometimes in the fight or flight mode and stay there for a really long time so that it's always trying to seek and find danger or feels like it's always in danger then it might start to, over time, go into the freeze mode where there's dissociation, depression, um, shame, shutdown, all of that, feelings of like wanting to die. But if you can actually bring yourself back to calm through things like breathing, meditation, getting grounded by movement, so those are three top easy ways to do it. And if you don't know how to meditate, there are about a million different videos out there in the world. I would you know, take you through one, but the truth is there's so much... Uh, there's so many meditations that are easy to get these days. I think when I was looking for this stuff, we didn't have YouTube. We had to like 
and you know there was not like streaming video at the time um so you know I had to go to classes I had to like which was really hard to do because when you're in freeze mode or you're in fear or you're feeling like everything's dangerous going into an environment where you don't know people is freaking scary so it's tricky when you're when there's been that much trauma or your body is responding as if there's been like a mega trauma um, then getting into the place where you can actually engage socially is is hard but it is an amazing and first step to being able to feel safety feel connection connection to your own body connection to others connection to the world but eventually you'll get there it's just a matter of putting this into practice on a regular basis so that you don't have to be defensive so you don't have to like want to argue with everybody about everything um defensive mode is also when you need to be right all the time right and part of that is the fight or flight i need to be right all the time it's pretty exhausting so if you are having stuff going on where your immune response is not functioning very well you know i think and it's just my interesting point of view that a lot of autoimmune um, dysfunction comes from the body being in fight or flight the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system being out of whack so I think if we can if we can start to heal that that would be great <laughs> so what can we do we're going to meditate we're going to breathe we're going to find places to connect and one of the easiest ways to connect to is connecting with nature or having and having something that um, is like a neutral character that's not a person um, you know it's strange but even something like a fish because they're not going to require as much attention as a dog and you know maybe as you feel more healed you could get a dog but you want to have something that you can actually like deal with right so something as small as having like a fish can help you feel connected to something if you don't have people that you feel safe with uh, connecting to plants can help as well and eventually learning how to get social with people is very helpful um, and for some people that is something that they'll never feel comfortable with and that's okay too I just want to remind you that if you want any assistance with this if you're feeling really stressed and you need assistance just connect with me through melitzajelenik.com happy to if you just go on there and book some time with me there's a book now button I'm happy to gift you 15 minutes just to see if we're a fit and see if um, I can do anything for you. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.